Are you a college student looking for extra guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you need to spice up your resume, find the best way to answer difficult interview questions, or you just want to be in the right mindset for determining your career path. My best-selling career ebook guide is now available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com where you can also find the recent merchandise drop of the What Fulfills You Daily Signature Notebook, which is my go-to vegan leather notebook for writing down gratitude, priorities, meeting notes, and so much more. You can find all of this on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hey, hey guys, what is good? Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I'm your girl. I'm your host. Um, Welcome if you are brand new here. If you are brand new, you have come at a perfect time because today's episode is literally fucking fire. I don't know what else to say to you guys. It's fucking fire. It is so good. Now, for those of you who are unsure about listening to this episode because you think money is evil or you think talking about money is weird or you just feel uncomfortable about it, we'll get ready to get more comfortable because this one is just so good. I couldn't have picked a better guest to speak on this. And um, my guest today is my friend, Mike Yu, Mike Uribe. You may have heard him on this podcast before. He was actually on episode nine and I believe like episode four, I forget the second one. It is the one about the psychology of men and how they think and behave, especially within dating. I think that one is one of the top episodes actually of this show. So be sure to check it out. I will link the episode number in the show notes. So um, don't worry, I will make sure I get on that. But a little bit about my friend Mike Yu, if you are new and don't know the backstory, I'll share it really quick because I do think it is relevant to today's topic and why he is a great person to share this. So I met Mike when I was 18, senior in high school. We both grew up in a, well, we grew up in different parts of town, um, but nonetheless, where we grew up was a very small place compared to the rest of the world. Um, My hometown specifically was 8,000 people. And uh, pretty much, I guess, fun fact about it is that we both went to school slash like hung out within the area that Taylor Swift grew up in. So I guess that is a little giveaway. Um, She actually went to my rival high school, if uh, you guys care to know about that. Um, But I used to go to Applebee's for shits and giggles, as I would call it. And I would go with one of my friends. um, And we used to go like all the time. We would just go there to grab dessert or just grab lunch, dinner, whatever. Like that was the place for me to go when I was 18. And one night I had Mike as our waiter. And I saw on his name tag, it said Mike U. And back in high school and even today, but especially back then, I was such a troll. So I was like 
telling my friend like oh my god his name is Mike you and I would just be screaming this across the restaurant but I remember like just the my first impression of Mike he was so hardworking. his work ethic stood out to me immensely and he was just so kind I think he took care of some of the bills multiple times for my friend and I and um, every time we came in we requested for Mike you and um, when I graduated, he gave me a graduation card that I still have in my room at home. It And the front of it said, dream big. And I don't think he knew this. Yeah, he definitely didn't know this. But my senior year quote in the yearbook was dream big. And the sign above my desk that I'm currently sitting at as we speak, it, it says dream big. So that phrase as a whole has always been very monumental to me. And um, that was, you know, at a time when I was leaving Pennsylvania, moving to California, starting college. Uh, So that's where we all started. Um, I remember, you know, I think he went from Applebee's to maybe another job in between. And then I think he was a waiter at Cheesecake Factory in Philadelphia, which was like a 45 minute drive for him. He always worked hard. Like I just always knew that about him. And pretty much fast forward uh, six years later, you know, here we are, you're going to hear a little bit of his background career wise on this episode. But, you know, I find the irony in in everything. Um, You know, for starters, I I know people I've had, you know, had is the keyword had uh, friends in the past that I feel like um, are not the types to give people a chance right and I you know when I met Mike I felt like we just had alignment in energy I could tell he had audacious dreams and it's so interesting because I feel like some people would be like why are you trying to be friends with someone that's like a random waiter at Applebee's and I'm like when you see that alignment you know (laughs) and so um Mike and I we've stayed friends for the past you know six years now and it's really funny I just met up with him a couple weeks ago when I was in Miami And I learned that he is now a managing partner at um, this company. And I think it's like a smaller company. But what's really cool is that at the time I was about to leave my corporate job and he had told me that he was hiring or had recently hired someone from my company within a different office. But he was like a rock star, like to the point even I knew of the guy because he was a killer salesperson. Um, within the company in a different region but in california southern california so that's how i could like see his name and whatnot but um the point is it's like this guy i met from applebee's in high school six years later is hiring a guy from a fortune 200 company to be working for him part of his sales team and i think that is literally just that's a mic drop right there because it goes to show you it doesn't matter where you start it doesn't matter where you grew up where you came from whatever Mike is one of those people that I believe made every circumstance in a positive light he always made it in a way where he's going to control the outcome of it right and um, I will say and he mentioned this in the podcast too but he didn't grow up you know in the nicest environment or easiest environment he was you know sleeping on couches and um you know our area especially or parts of the town that um we are from is you know pretty like not below median income and I think that's why I love this conversation with him because for those of you who want to argue that oh it's so easy to say that if you have money yeah but you know it's 
he had that same mindset when he was in a different place financially as well and keep in mind he also admits that he had that poverty mindset before so i want uh to preface that because i do see and understand why certain people um in different financial situations might not be as open-minded but just keep in mind that the person you're going to learn from today you know came from that pretty much and i think that's why i'm so grateful to have him as a friend as someone um, who can give me advice in certain areas of life and to always be a supporter of me so shout out to you mike i know we're going to be uh lifelong friends for sure and and i think again our story of meeting each other is so unique you know started from applebee's in Reading, Pennsylvania. But with that being said, I don't want to chatter too much. Let's dive into this episode. I hope you enjoy. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right, Mike, you, you're back for a third time. And this time we are talking about money and the energy of money. And the reason why I wanted you on this episode and to chat about this topic specifically, I brought it up to you in Miami, but I think of you when it comes to energy and money and like how you talk about it, shifting your life and how I think there's a lot of people out in this world that that utilize money in a way where it limits their life and limits their ability to reach certain levels. So I want to start with the first question, which is when did you first have your mindset shift on how money works? Like, tell me like at what point, maybe what year, maybe at a certain job, because, you know, we go way back, back in the day from Applebee's like five, six years ago. So I want to hear like, at what point I'm assuming I wasn't really like around at this point, but when did it really shift for you? Yeah, it's a great question, Emily, and I'm, I'm so happy and thankful to be here for a third time. Uh, so to, to answer your question, like when that shift first began for me, I think at a, at a young age, um, I, was a, I was a salesman even when I was in middle school. My grandfather had talked me into, I was raised by my grandparents, so my grandfather talked me into like selling candy, you know, while I was at school and such. And then I, I did it and I, got, I was that kid caught by the principal. But then like what like further transpired from there was I used to write essays for people when I was in high school. I set up on my first car. So what I would do then is, you know, in high school, we have to read those like those literature books. I would recycle the essays and just change the names. And I would have friends within different school districts. And so I, I, I was already procuring the idea of how can I make money, but how can I make continuous income by doing something I did only once? And then, you know, it further transpired into different business ventures and such. But for me, the first real impact, the first like the first like breakthrough moment for me was I was remember, I, I think I was like 20 years old. And this was, this was where I was like living on my grandma's couch and I didn't really have much going for me at the time. I kind of just got back from traveling in Europe and, you know, I was a server. So I have that. I never liked to get paid by the hour because I knew as a server, I could make X amount of dollars, whether it was a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, 300 bucks, you know, in a day's time. So I never liked the idea of getting paid by the hour. So like that, 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 that that's what really transpired everything to begin with. And then once I got into sales, you know, 
I, I, I figured out I can make a thousand, two thousand. I've done ten thousand dollars in a day, and like you can create your own income. So like that that whole shattering was like when I got into insurance sales. Um, during my first week, I did thirty seven hundred bucks in commissions, and I said, wait, I didn't scam nobody, I didn't, I didn't sell any drugs, I didn't do anything bad. Wait, is this legal? Is this real? And once I tapped into that 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 abundance that that money brought me, and what I could use for it, and how I could use it also to help lives of other people. I've never stopped making money. I never will. I believe in making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. But it all started when I, when I, when I, the, the real abundance came when I first started doing it sales, sales to begin with. Mm. And I wanted to add too, I remember you told me this a while back and it's something I remember all the time is that we are sales people from the day we're born. Even when we're babies, when we're crying, we are selling the, you know, the attention that we need from our parents. Right. So I just wanted to put that in because you definitely taught me that one. Um, I want you to elaborate on this statement right here and what it means to you when you say money is energy and it is simply a transfer of wealth. Can you elaborate to someone, think of it to someone that still has a limiting belief on like maybe money is evil or that money is uh, selfish, right? Or the, the people that make a lot of money, they're all they care about is materialistic stuff. Like what would you say in that regard with how money is actually energy and people need to stop thinking of it as this, you know, this means of just simply like exchanging and, and hoarding it and, and feeling like it's scarce. Yeah, no, great, great points. I mean, uh, to piggyback there, I was actually one of those people at one point. I thought money was bad. I thought only rich people were evil. I thought the only way to to have anything nice was to 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 be a monster to other people at the expense of them. And um, you know, like as the forefront of our thought, like you know, whatever we focus on will expand. So, like whatever we hold true and believe within alignment is what we'll go ahead and find within the receptivity of our life. And so, if you think that is that's exactly what you're going to get. What you think about, you bring about. So for those people that think money is bad and, you know, th- things of that nature, you're just going to keep on attracting that to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is there are plenty of evil people with lots of money. I've met them. The truth mm-hmm. is there's also lots of great people with lots of money. I've met them too. Um, money does not change you. Money just magnifies you more of who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're a dick or you're an asshole, it's just going to make you that much more of what you already are. If you're a giver and you like to just splurge and take care of people or treat people or create opportunities, money's just going to do that more of that to you. Mm-hmm. So people don't have money problems. They have value problems. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no real money problems in life uh, because I went from living on my grandma's couch and within 12 months, I made over $100,000. And every year subsequent to that, I've made more and more income. And the only thing that's changed over those years is I've been able to guarantee my income. I was now I was first a sales rep. Then I was a sales trainer. Now I'm a freaking managing partner. And so the only thing that's changed over those years was the a value that I could guarantee and bring to the organizations and the people that I worked with. So with anyone that might think money's bad or money's evil or, or money's not good, um, that's fine if you want to believe that, but then you're only going to get more of that. And it's only when you make the conscious paradigm shift and actually realizing that like money's actually good. And imagine like what you can do with more money. That's the reason why I like making lots of money because it allows me to help lots of people. And by helping lots of people, I get lots of fun, but I can't give what I don't have. And so my biggest thing is to be able to help those around me. And if I can provide more opportunities or more vehicles to be able to increase their incomes, that served me. And, and to go back to the first antecedent to when we first started speaking here today, Emily, you know, we actually start all on the same level. 
mm-hmm. whether you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth or when you're born by raising yourself by your bootstraps, everyone actually starts at the same level, regardless of, of the capacity that you're born into. People might have, you know, proclivities that might be able to allow them to advance more, more, more or less than another person. But the, but the real, the real caveat of the matter is like how far are you willing to take yourself? And so when it comes down to it all, I mean, you get to choose your own destiny. You get to choose your own adventure. You also get to choose your own income. Mm. And I think that's a huge statement, what you just said right there, in that we actually all are on an even level playing field, per se, and we start that way. Um, and and I say that because, you know, considering um, your background and how you grew up and also, again, how you mentioned, you know, you slept on your grandma's couch, like, you know, when you were 20. And I mm-hmm. think you're exactly one of those people who really worked your way up, but you never let... Um, you know, one of those types of people that really irk me sometimes is people that always point out, like, let's say someone else driving a Range Rover saying, oh, like, must be nice, right? I always thought of you as someone that definitely, like, you're like one of the last people to say that because you're always like, why not me, right? Like, you're, I felt like you have always been the type of person that, uh, or maybe not always, you know, but at least from the time I knew you, always had the energy that was thinking, why not me? And why can't I go make that my life as well, right? Versus being someone that says, oh, someone else grew up with this and they grew up in this part of town. Like they had it better than me. So therefore like they're going to be ahead of me, right? Right, no, for sure. And I, I've never been in it. I've never been a person that said like, um, you know, oh, I can't have that or why them and why not me? I never had like the, I never had that attitude of like, what was me? Mm-hmm. Even before I became conscious. Um, you know, I, I, I just, what my, my initial belief was, was that I was poor. And that was that was based off poverty consciousness, which was just taught to me. And that was a, that was an unconscious uh, programming that I had to like actually take out of me at one point. And so it's like the real thing is like like you're like as human beings, especially like being dominant in the English language, like especially being a man as well. Like I view reality through language and through symbology. So like language is just a tool that we use to be able to identify and make correspondence with the world that we that we perceive ourselves to be in. And what we perceive ourselves to be in is what we'll receive ourselves to be in. And so the, the biggest thing here is that is the language that you tell yourself, because for me, it's like, there's nothing out of my reach. There, there truly isn't. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even value, I don't even compare what people have with what I have. Cause like, I come from a non-renewable energy source. Like my, my, the, the power within me is truly sustainable. I can, there's nothing that I can't have. There's nothing that I, there's actually nothing that I don't already have because everything's actually in a, in a byproduct or a frequency resonance from that of my being. So yeah. instead of actually looking at the thing itself, I just think about who do I have to become in the universe to be able to be a person associated with that thing or that byproduct of thing, whether it's having a super nice car or a, a house or whatever materialism it is or whatever experience it is that I seek to have in my life. It's less about the thing itself and more about who you have to become in order to attract that into your life, to manifest it. And the other thing is as well, it's like we can get it, but can we maintain it and can we keep it and can we multiply it? And those are, those are three different levels, right? Getting it versus keeping it versus multiplying it. Mm, mm. 
And I wanted to see if you could elaborate on this as well, because you did just talk a little bit on the materialistic aspect, right? Which I think you and I um, mutually agree that there is, of course, nothing wrong with loving or wanting a nice car, whether that's a Range Rover, Tesla, or a beautiful home, whatever that is that suits you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And considering, I guess, you may have previously come to a place or maybe used to be surrounded by people that, again, would think people who run around with a Range Rover are like full of themselves and, you know, this, this, and that. Um, how would you frame it now in regards to how you can still, you know, want those things in life, but actually doesn't mean you're a materialistic person? Yeah, like it's all like individual based because like what I was taught by like Mr. Wagner and when I was like learning about through like Dave Ramsey is like people keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of people are just trying to like impress people with money they don't have but that don't, don't care about them. And so like the real thing is like, well, like, it's just taking self inventory and it's actually okay to want something. Someone else has it because like not doing something because of something is actually the continuation of the thing itself. Yeah. Um, it's like, if we're out to eat and you have a, you have a freaking beautiful piece of strawberry cheesecake and I want a bite of it. Cause you have it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's the same way. Like, well, if, Hey, if you drive a Mercedes Benz and now I want a Mercedes Benz, there's also nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But like it, it, the segment really goes back to like the intention, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it to live authentically? For yourself or is it to, to be authentic inauthentic for other people and like the only true spectrum of such is like awareness which is the greatest gift that anyone can have that money can't buy you mm-hmm. i mean you can develop you can buy the teachers and the guys to, 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 to help you to learn it mm-hmm. but only you can develop it from an internal aspect and so um more than more than anything like i don't think it's I, again i don't think it's a bad thing to have nice things or to want nice things um for the sake of money like having nice things is great it's a great feeling for me for me, what I what I value more than the thing itself is just being in the position to actually receive that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to have it. Me just being in the position, that's where the true power holds. And like, that's what I learned first. Like, those are the differences, right? Like, when I first started making, you know, a decent amount of money, like 2% of America, mm-hmm. um, you know, upper to 2% going into the 1% of America. Um, at one point, like, it was just to get the thing to show it off. But like now there's a deeper level and there's more depth because that's very shallow, getting the thing and showing it off. Mm-hmm. The real depth and the real power lies behind being in the position of and then saying, hey, now I got options. Now I have optionality. Now I have now I have enough money that I don't know what to do with that. I could buy a car or I could buy an investment or you know what? Mm-hmm. I could freaking take off for the next 24 months. Or I could do this. That's where the real power lies. And, and that's a that's a deeper level that depending on people's levels of consciousness, I think they'll either tap into or won't tap into. And that goes back to the idea of being able to get it to keeping it, to multiplying it. Mm. Okay, kind of related to the car aspect, um, definitely wanted to bring this topic up. You bought a Tesla in full cash last year. And the first question I asked you, and I remember where I was, I was sitting on my rooftop at my old apartment in Orange County and just staring at the stars because I think it was at night. And Mm -hmm. I was asking you, or I asked you at the time, um, at what point did you start saving up for the car? And you told me, Emily, I didn't think about saving. I started thinking about how I can make more. Now, this one was huge, like shift for me. I remember having a whole light bulb moment right there as well and thinking, huh, interesting. And so I have, since that point, uh, have, uh, you know, shifted a lot of of my way of thinking and framework on how I think about money and how I attract it and vice versa. Now, I would love if you could elaborate on that mentality. Like, why is it about adding versus saving? Because let's be honest, I think this is a just a ball in the park number, but I don't know. I would say 
80, 90% of people would opt to save, right? And that's their first instinct. I mean, it probably is even more than 90% to be truthfully honest, because I think you were the first person in my friend group, in my circle of people I talked to that actually said it like that. And I would love to see how you would elaborate on why it is about adding more and like making more and why you started with that mindset. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, well, I mean, like, like, you know, if if you read like Fuck You Money by... uh... Dan Locke, it's a it's a pretty good book, and you know, he has like the quintessential question: Well, how much money would you actually need to live your dream life? Mm-hmm. And like I wrote it out and I did it, and it was like it was like 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 three hundred grand, like my dream life, or what I could actually like contemplate in my existence at that time. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm saying it's not far out of reach now that I'm now that I've obtained it. It's not an it's not an issue, you know. Right. And like so, it's like um, to go back to it, like some people, like they don't like you can't hit a target you don't see. So like some people haven't done these exercises to actually determine what it is that they truly want. Mm. Um, me buying the Tesla cash, like, yeah, I didn't save for it. Like five weeks went by. Um, I, I, I put in the, I put in the offer for the car on my birthday, August 11th. And then by September 15th, I, I had a Tesla that I paid in cash. Like in that time period, I made enough money to buy this car cash literally. Like, so for me, it was like, it's like, yeah, you can save your way to something, which is fine. But like, I'm always in an aspect of being able to increase my income. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that's my psychology because I'm a salesman. Yeah. So uh, most people that most people that have base salary jobs and are working maybe nine, nine to fives, or if they're just they're, if they have a salary based income, they're more going to be thinking about saving. For me as a salesman, I work very mm-hmm. hard. I grind. I fight people every day. I love what I do, and I'm very passionate about it, and I'm enthralled by it. And it's a high to me. So part of me is also spending the money because I know I'm going to be able to get it right back, which is part of my, my psychological profile. And so spending the money as a salesman is very, it's a, it's a high, but it also does something to my reality where it makes it normal for me to spend $2,000 in one day and not care about it and not, not be emotional about it and knowing I can get it right back in another 24 hours. And so for me, that's like when I remember when I was first doing affirmations to change my income, this was six years ago, mm. I would say, you know, money's good to me. Money is my best friend. Prosperity is my middle name. And I kind of get emotional talking about it because that's that's the real thing here. Like that's the real thing here. I mean, that's what people don't get. Like money, you, you have a relationship with money. Money is a vibrational currency. So it's like we all start from level one, right? And level one, somehow, some way, we're trading our time to make money. Mm-hmm. But, but deeper than that, we're actually trading our energy to make money. And that the, that's how you, and then to get to the next level, what you do is you take that money and then you buy people's energy and you buy their time and you buy them to, you pay them to do the things that you don't want to do or that aren't worth the actual value of your, what your hours worth or your time's worth. And then you buy infrastructure and things of sort that are now, that are now, uh, we call them, um, uh, excuse me, we call them, uh, um, it's escaping me right now, but you, you'll then get a property of something. You can run it on Airbnb. And now this thing is now, making money for you and now you have a now you have an infrastructure that's a intangible thing but it's also a real thing and so money just begets more money attraction just begets more attraction and so the the biggest thing is the relationship with money um when i when i when i wanted to buy the tesla i I had a feeling and i'm like wow i want more of this feeling and it's like i knew already i had a great relationship with money to the point where i can choose to save all this money i can choose to invest it, i can choose to keep on spending it but at the end of the day i know i can keep on attracting it in my life someone asked me the other day like michael have people ever been in your life that took an advantage of you because mm-hmm. of what you can make or what you can do or the type of you know, optionality you have i'm like absolutely 
But that's why I have a different relationship with the universe and what I'm able to manifest in my life than them, because I'm a generator. I'm the source. They might get, they might plug into me to get something out of me. But the thing is, like, I've, I've been able to build the internal infrastructure within myself to keep on generating. And like, that's the point of it. I've been able to develop a relationship with money to the point where I have an unconscious competency to make a lot of money. I don't even have to think about it anymore. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter who I'm with. I just make a lot of money. And like, that's the thing. Like now, at one point, I wanted to become rich in my life. I wanted to become successful. I wanted to become rich in my life. Uh-huh. Now I just, now I, I just, I am. <sighs> I love that, dude. Like, I, I'm just actually just thinking of like visualizing, like talking to you, like as if we were in Miami right now at dinner. And like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, like when we were there a couple of weeks ago, I was just thinking like, you know, like your energy felt different, like it felt good. And I, I felt like my energy has been different too. Like, I think like a lot, both of us have been growing a lot during COVID have been taking mm-hmm. on opportunities and have been really maximizing different steps for our future. Um, but I really felt that like, I really felt that from you in in what you just said right there like how you said you used to want to be rich and like or or like become rich and and be successful but like i feel like you actually embody that now which i think is a whole different spectrum and and scale i completely agree with you i'm in alignment <laughs> um i did want to ask what do you think are the biggest mindset mistakes people have when it comes to money both spending and saving um that wherever they currently are in their reality, that's the best, the best they can do. Because a problem that we have cannot be solved by the consciousness that created the problem. Only can a new layer of consciousness solve that exact, that problem. So I was working at a call center one time making six figure income. Uh, I had a base salary of 130,000 and I had a bonus every month of 10,000. So I was doing, I was 21 years old making shy of a quarter million dollars a year. And everyone in the call center said, this is it. This is the greatest opportunity we're going to get in our life. And that's what, that's what employers do to create uh, slavery by you, which is okay. It's part of the game. I like guess it's, it's part of the game. They want to get you into debt, buy houses, buy cars. You don't really need to impress people, impress the call center, live a life of politics. It's part of the game, which is right. fine. It works for some people, but those people thought and believed, And since they held that belief in their mind to be true, that's the best that they can do. That was the best that they could do. And so the first thing is, is that whatever position, what, what any position that you're at, it's never the best you can do unless you hold it to be true. And if that's the case, then it will be true. The second thing is um, when it comes to saving, um, saving money is uh, money is not mental. Money is psychological. Life as human beings is all psych- psychological. So we have to just change our psychology to things. It's why certain people can eat McDonald's every single day and why other people can have to eat why, why people are vegans. It's because they subscribe to a different type of psychology. And so uh, even for me, I have someone that I have within my inner circle that has a better, a better psychology when it comes to the investing principles of money. And mm-hmm. so I'm subscribing to them to help me change and subscribe to a new layer and form of psychology. That way I can get the results that they have in their life because I have a level of abundance they don't have. Like I make more money than them. Mm-hmm. They've been, they're a lot older than me, but they've been able to yield a certain level of passivity mm-hmm. and of, of, of the principle of saving in ways that I haven't established yet. Again, because I'm, I'm 20 years younger than them. They're a lot more older than me for that reason. But if I, if I can go ahead and, and now combine my offense with their defense, 
I'll be a champion. And like, that's the thing, right? Like offense wins games, but defense wins championships. And I've always had a great offense. I can keep on making it, making it, making it. But if you don't have a strong defense, you will not win a championship. And so some people can live for the now, but like I'm, 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 I'm now living for like the long-term, like, like mortality consciousness. And so how can you live a great life now while being able to still have the benefit of the long-term? Because a lot of people think they have to sacrifice one or the other. They mm. think they have to take the red pill or the blue pill. But like in my world, in a world of abundance, why can't you have both? Why can't you even have both and something else that you're not even seeing currently? What, what would you tell to someone right now uh, who's, let's say, 21 or 22, you know, on the end of their college years or maybe recently graduated and they're finally interested or after hearing this episode, they're like, OK, I want to start shifting my mentality around money. I want to start attracting more of it. Like, what's your first recommendation to them, whether it's like reading a book or like, you know, doing a certain money practice? Like, what's your first piece of recommendation for them to get started on that path? So, you know, I, 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 I say this with um, I say this with reluctance because a lot of people don't have a level of abundance that I have, Emily. Mm-hmm. I've literally given away my last dollar. And then one month later, I've made $40,000. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so like it, it, tro- it goes back to truly like freaking embodying this, not even believing it, but like embodying it to where like you live this as the same way that you walk with your two feet. Mm-hmm. So um, if I could recommend anything to anybody, um, I would say find a mentor. Find someone that sits in a position of where you seek to be. Um, I found a mentor one time and he, he, he succeeded, he succeeded as a mentor and he failed me in many ways as the mentor. But the one thing that I liked about the guy, and I still love him to this day, but the one thing was his relationship with money. I said, wow, this guy's a fucking idiot, but he has so much fun with money. He just makes so much of it. And, you know, I said, I said, I said, I'll never be like him, but you know what, you know what happened? I ended up being like him a little bit, you know, and I'm proud to say that. You know, but I, uh, I've, I have more of a defense than he does, but I would say find someone that has a relationship with money that you want, you know, and, and, and ask them how be of value to them. Like there are no money problems. There are only value problems. Mm-hmm. Like you could work in a job right now. You could, you could work in a job right now and, you know, you can say, let's say you can 50 grand a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to job right now. Let's say you're good friends with the owner, or, you know, the CEO or whatever it is. And like, you can, you, like in one aspect, you can ask for a raise. That's like one conversation. Hey, I've been here for the last 12 months. I want to raise, yada, yada, yada. Take mm-hmm. me to 50 to 60. That's like, those are people, those are people that are like saving money all the time. 100%. But like the real power comes in with like establishing your value. And when Grant Cardone says, when value exceeds price, people will buy. And so like everything's a sales, everything's a sales pitch. So it's like, hey, Mr. Business Owner, you know, I, I appreciate what we're doing here. I love what we've been doing for the last 12 months. I love it. I understand everything from A to Z from the firm. Um, what I want to do is I, I know we only have one location. You've been here for the last seven years. What do we have to do to be able to get to create a second location? What do we, what do we have to do to be able to uh, take what we're doing now and double our, our revenue for the year? You know, um, what needs to be done here within the organization or the call center or the infrastructure? That way we can go ahead and, and scale our efforts and open up a second branch. To be honest with you, Mr. Business Owner, with all due respect here, I don't want to work for you. I want to work with you. And conversations like that is what changes the landscape of your life. And it's only by actually going in and pushing that needle and pushing that envelope. And like, that's what makes, that's what separates people from being a worker to being a real businessman, being a businesswoman. 
we have the uncomfortable conversations and we keep on pushing the needle further and further down the line. Doesn't mean we're being obsessive, doesn't mean we're being compulsive, doesn't mean that we're being needy or demanding, but what it is is saying that we're being assertive and we're here to guarantee our value. And so what do I have to do to be able to help you open up a second location? Because mm -hmm. I'm not interested in working for you anymore, John. What I really want to do is I want to work with you. I want to take our company from doing 5 million in revenue mm -hmm. to 10 million. Mm. And those conversations are the ones that change your life. Something else I think you should elaborate on too. Can you explain like an actual example of money problem versus value problems? So you say that we don't have money problems. We have value problems, right? So give an yep. example of what a value problem is for those that still don't understand that. Yeah. For example, um, this is like based off like the law of correspondence, but it's like, we're only like the universe commands value to us in the form of financial currency based on three factors the need for what we do our ability to provide that need and our and whether we can be irreplaceable or not and so for example um someone that works at mcdonald's or a fast food place like panera bread one of my favorite places to go mm -hmm. for example we're paid a certain wage because there's a need for what we do people like to eat mcdonald's people like to eat food every day right mm -hmm. but the ability to perform that need I mean, how long does it take to learn how to do that, Emily? A day, two days, three days? You watch a video, the video teaches you, now you're automatically, now you can do this job, right? Mm -hmm. So the ability to do it's very low. And then how about your level of irreplaceability? Can you be replaced tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh. So the, the secret to income is by actually getting a check mark in three of those boxes. See, the first box, you only got a need for what you do. There's a check mark there, but the other two, there are no check marks or X's. So now, like, let's think about something like such. Let's say you're a you're a, an astronaut scientist and you work for a special uh, moon operation and only five people in the whole world have the ability and the secrets that you have and that can actually do this type of mission. So the need's very important because if we don't do this, the world's going to end. Mm -hmm. The ability to do it, you can do it, but very few people can. Mm -hmm. And so it requires 20 years of training, yada, yada, yada. And now look at the, your level of irreplaceability. You're probably like you're likely impossible to ever be replaced. So now you get a check mark in each of those boxes. There's a reason why someone gets paid 15 bucks an hour, why another person gets paid, you know, 500 grand a year, 800 grand a year, 2.5 million a year. Mm -hmm. And there's a that's that's the difference here. There's money problems and there's value problems. But the thing is, if you understand your value, you'll never have a money problem because you know how to guarantee it. You know how to you'll you'll know how to separate yourself from the audience, from the crowd, mm. and be able to make yourself irreplaceable. To the point is. It doesn't matter if you get five humans to do what I can do. They'll still never do it with me, like me. Mm, mm, that's literally mic drop. And I will add in a tangent. I think that's the same mentality, um, you know, you and I have when it comes to relationships, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in agreeance with you. And it's like, I'm the fucking best. Like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the shit, man. <laughs> you definitely you know? taught me that one too. Like I literally, like, I think it was after like 2018. Like I just started thinking like, I am the fucking shit. Like, <laughs> like, and just because Mike, you taught me, I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I, I actually am the <laughs> shit because Mike, you thinks he's the shit. And he literally just holds so much confidence. And like, when you like, kind of like you, like you, you walk around and you say it, so frequently it just becomes you, right? It just becomes ingrained in your head and you really start to live that. So I just had to point that out because the way you were explaining the irreplaceable part, like huge, especially in relationships. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that, that law will go back to relationships as well. And it's like, that's going to show you the quality of your actual relationships. And not only that, but how much people value in relationships. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Uh, two last questions. Super easy. Uh, first one being, um, what are the the top finance books you have read that you would recommend, whether it's one, two, three, however many you think that people should go ahead and read uh, because it has made a difference in your life? Uh, I would recommend Automatic Millionaire, um, Total Money Makeover, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 100%. Okay. I need to read the first two, but I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's great. Um, okay. And then last question, even though you've been on here twice, I don't think I actually have asked you this one, but it is something I ask every guest on the show. But Mike, you, what fulfills you? That's a great question. I would say freedom. The ability to be able to have personal freedom to help others liberate themselves from confinements and holdings and being tethered that don't align with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to do what I want, where I want, how I want, with whoever I want. Mm. Freedom. Personal freedom. I love it. That was all for today's episode with my dear friend, Mike Uribe. He always kills it on this podcast. And I really hope you enjoyed this one because if you did, I would love if you could share, screenshot, or share this episode wherever, however, on your Instagram story and tag the podcast Instagram, of course, so we can see and reshare with everyone as well. It's at what fulfills you pod. And before you head out, be sure to check out the merchandise collection at whatfulfillsyou.com. The latest drop is the black What Fulfills You signature notebook. I use it for everyday use for my meetings, journaling, manifestation, gratitude, all of that. And not to be biased, I would say this is definitely my favorite notebook of all time. Like, yes, it sounds biased, but truthfully, um, it is because A, I designed it with you guys and of course myself in mind because I like a professional, sleek, minimalistic notebook. So it's something that you could still bring to work, bring to school, wherever, but it's also something that's meaningful, right? There's nothing you know, more boring than just grabbing a notebook at Target that you end up like not really totally utilizing. But I think this one is so meaningful because every time I stare at it, it's just asking me what fulfills you. And I love that reminder every single day because obviously with how busy our lives are, we can forget to ask ourselves what we are really doing with our life. And I just love the gold details. Um, Yeah, you can find all the details of this notebook and the photos. Uh, It's on the website, whatfulfillsyou.com. Sorry for the long outro today, but regardless, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to follow along at Well Fulfills You Pod, and I will talk to you all next time. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.